Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with my co-host, Diego. Hi, everyone. And our guest today is Hua from Taiwan. Yeah, hi, everybody. Thank you so much for being on. Okay, Taiwan. So, why did you come to Sweden? When did you come to Sweden? How did you come to Sweden? So, I have been around for three years and a half. I moved to Sweden to study in Gothenburg. And after graduation, I moved to Stockholm for an internship. And then I stayed for work. And now I'm sort of like I'm working, but I'm also half a like love refugee, I think. Like like many people. <laughs> yeah. So you met a Swede when when you started when you moved to Stockholm or in college? Yeah, it was uh, when I moved to Stockholm. So it's like um, a little bit um, around one year ago. When did you choose Sweden? So like when I was in college in Taiwan, I just wanted to visit somewhere as far away from home as possible. So I did the, an exchange program in Trondheim, Norway. And then I traveled to Sweden, of course. And then I fell in love with the city. It was a beautiful June in Sweden. I was scanned by the beautiful summer in Sweden. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So so then I made um, like a decision of doing a master degree here. And you um, you got your master's in fine arts or design or? It's a, a unique program called the Child Culture uh, Design. That is like in all the different uh, disciplinary of designs, but you can do whatever you want as long as it's related to children. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think that's only in Sweden. So I decided to apply. Cool. Well, I looked up your, your illustration and graphic design page that you have with a lot of your work. It is amazing. Okay, so you haven't been in Sweden that long. So when you came, were there any like... Relatively, money? relatively speaking. Relatively yeah, it's speaking. like yeah. the last part of Huddingham, I guess. So when you moved, what were some of the cultural differences that you noticed or things that you didn't catch or made mistakes with? Mm, I think the, the most weird things that I find is individuality when it comes to food and eating culture. Like I remember eating out with a group of Swedes and people all ordered the same dishes and ate uh-huh. their own dish. And when we ate like in a pizzeria, my boyfriend just ordered two same pizzas <laughs> and one for me and one for him. But for Taiwanese people, we we're like, almost in having an obsession with sharing dishes and trying out different stuff. So even if you're ordering from a menu with only a portion for one, we tend to order different dishes and try a little bit out um, from others' plates. And this food sharing system actually stresses my sweets out. So um, what surprised me more is in a barbecue, like you share the same fire, but you buy your own ingredients and you grill your own food and eat your own thing as well. That was pretty surprising for me. I get that. I feel like we're, we're getting a few more places where they're trying to push the whole share the food kind of thing. I mean, obviously tapas and like uh, meze, Lebanese. We went to a Vietnamese restaurant the other day that was the same where you're, you'd get a lot of small dishes. I really like that being able to share, but I can relate with the pizza thing because 
when I came, I thought it was weird, too, that my husband ordered two pizzas. And I was like, I, I don't need a whole pizza. Why don't we just get something and share? We can get a couple of different toppings. And so that I kind of get that. But yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about with sharing the food. And I like that. I, I really enjoy that. Because when I'm trying to order something, it's like I can't decide what I want. And I usually want whatever the other person has, no matter what it is. Does that mean in Taiwan, in Taiwan, you would order two different pizzas and like yeah, go like, half and half? Yeah, always. We order like different pizzas. Even if, you, if your favorite pizza is not the one you ordered, you just compromise <laughs> and try something else. I need to ask, which, yeah. which pizza which pizza is the one that your boyfriend ordered? Like which he, one was the same pizza I, for both? Bernet sauce and kebab? I think it was a kebab pizza. Or Vesuvio, something like that. No bananas on it, or... Yeah, it's like the Swedish uh, pizza. My sister-in-law gets, I think, the Bernays sauce and bananas and... Tropicana. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Juan knows all the names of the pizza, like Vesuvio, Tropicana. <laughs> <laughs> they actually like the banana pizza. Somehow. Really? It has a unique flavor. Yeah, unique. That's that's what I'll say. It's It's unique. <laughs> So do you take Swedish classes? Have you taken them? Yeah, I took some, but it's just like, it's so hard to pick it up because whenever I try to speak the language, people get confused with my language. They're like, and or what are you saying? And they start uh, speaking English to me. So I just got like defeated. I understand. We, we've heard a lot of people talk about how they just switch right over to English. But also it is really annoying when you tr you do say something in Swedish and they can't understand you. And it's like, ah, but I practice this. I Come on, I've got to be close enough that you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> that drives me crazy. Yeah, I guess you have to pretend that you can't speak English at all. You can just answer in Taiwanese right away. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know if I've said before on the podcast, but when we're visiting my family in Texas, sometimes my husband will answer the phone when it's a telemarketer and he'll just start talking in Swedish and then they won't call anymore. You can try that here with any other language. That's a good strategy. It was like the opposite for me. Like one time, the, like a Swedish uh, person called me on the phone. I think it was some company. They they tried to promote something, and I said, uh, "Sorry, but in the Svenska," and uh, she said, "Okay, bye." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they hate speaking English, too, when it's a phone call. I guess it's because salespeople are being recorded, maybe, and they're just nervous about their English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I think they have a script. They have a script, so they have to follow it. And if it's uh -huh, in, in right. English, then they can't follow, you know, the script they have on their yeah, binders. I think that's why. Hmm. That could be it. I have, I have questions about Taiwan, not about Sweden. Uh-huh. Like... I mean, how different, and not not going to political things, but how different yeah. is Taiwanese from Chinese, from uh -huh. That's Han Yu or whatever you call it, yeah. You mean from language? Yes, language, language specifically. It's actually um, pretty different. Our official language is Mandarin, but now people are like starting to appreciate Taiwanese language because we wanted to build up some sort of identity, Taiwanese identity. So people are promoting um, younger kids to speak Taiwanese. And I would say it's very different. It's a complete, um, completely different language. Yeah, the writing system is also uh, Hanzi, or is it another? 
it is social kanji, but、um, in a different way. Some words you can't even tell from if you just learn the kanji, and you can also use Roman letter to、um, write it up. I don't think we can describe that via audio how complicated that is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But、um, just... so, can can you give us an example, like some like in? I learned a little bit of Chinese when I was in、mm-hmm. uni, and、mm-hmm. then when I went to Shanghai and Hong Kong, I can't remember, but it was something like ni hao mat, you know, the most easy phrase.、Yeah. In Hong、yeah. Kong, there was like nu instead of ni, something like I was like it's not even the same vowel anymore. So no, you have a, a comparison like like that, like Taiwanese and some Chinese.、Um, for, yeah, for example,、um, if you are full, if you feel not hungry anymore, in Mandarin it's tsi bao mei, but if it's in Taiwanese, it's jia jia bao boi. Heather, can you repeat those two? No, I can't. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that, but it's interesting because it, the tone, like the accent, is different. Yeah, the tone goes up and down a lot,、yeah. and gets a lot of foreigners being confused about it. I think that's the most difficult part of the language. Well, that's you had a good question, Diego, about Taiwan. I was looking up things, and、uh, what I found out is that Taiwan invented bubble tea. Yeah,、What? that's actually like a, a Taiwanese pride. We drink more bubble tea than、um, coffee, to be honest. Okay, so what, how long has it been around? Not that long, has it? I think, as far as I'm concerned, I think when I was born, it was there. So、ah. it was quite long. But it's not、uh, until recently that it spreads to European country. I still haven't tried it, actually. Ah,、uh, there's a nice place、um, in Hotoria. Is it the one that's、uh, when you come up from the subway that it's down on the level of the turnstiles if you exit like Sergelgarten? That one is also good, but there's another new one that's,、oh. um, that's opened by a Taiwanese person. It's called Machi Machi. It's、uh, inside the market food court. They have really a decent、um, boba tea. So what what kind do you recommend? What kind do you like? I would say like、um, the original one, just the milk tea with boba. Of which so, the milk about, is not、uh, real milk. <laughs> for, some, ah,、okay. for someone that doesn't know anything, what's boba? What's the is is that like tapioca? It's like a flour ball, but it's made with tapioca flour, and they boiled it and make it in this rounded shapes, and people drink it with milk tea. Or you can also add it like black tea or any other things. It doesn't have to be milk tea. I have a friend who is、um, super obsessed with boba and. She just order like a big cup of just boba. That's the way to go. Next pizza <laughs> only bernet sauce, no cheese. That's right. Bernet sauce and boba. That's dinner. There you go. I had a new question to start asking people that、uh, got a, a tip on might be interesting, and that is, what noises do animals make in your home language? So we'll just go through some basics, but that means you too, Diego.、Uh, so okay, for English, cat says meow, dog says woof or bow wow. So what does the fox say? We did we did a joke last time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well you go, Diego. What what does the cat say in、uh, Spanish? Meow 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 is the same. Meow. For us, it's the same as well. Meow meow. What? Well, I guess it's kind of the same in Swedish too. Let's see. What about the dog? Dog is one one. Ah, that's different. Yeah. What is it? Spanish, Diego. Wow wow. 
very close to Taiwanese. Nice. I, I just found it so funny that the Swedish animal noises were different from the English ones. Like the dog is voof voof and the horse is gneg. In the pigs, the pigs in Swedish are nuff nuff. But you haven't you haven't said that the craziest one I think is the the rooster. That's the best one. Go ahead, Diego. In in Spanish it's kikiriki. In Mandarin it's kukuku. In English it's cockadoodledoo. And in Swedish it's <laughs> I have okay. another one that we could ask as well is how people write when they're laughing on message, on a text message. Because, you know, in Spanish is J-A-J-A-J-A. I've also had Spanish friends do J-I-J-I. Oh, yeah. That would be he 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 he. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, in uh, Mandarin it's also ha ha ha, but it's written kanji. I was expecting something entirely. I mean, I don't. I didn't know why I didn't think of the kanji, of course. But in I can't remember now. I think it's in Tha- in Thailand they use five 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 to say so they're laughing. Uh-huh. Is it close to the symbols? Maybe I guess so. But also Thai is really weird language, so maybe that's why. <laughs> uh-huh. We wrote like xd xd xd. I think that's what mm-hmm. I was more aiming for. And then in Brazil, it's RS, RS, RS when they're laughing. In Korea, it's K, 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 which yeah. I guess is also from the sound they make with, I don't know exactly, but yeah. those are the ones I know. I remember just as an American being stupidly surprised there were other keyboards in other countries. <laughs> with the Swedish keyboard, you know, it's got different extra letters and things. And that was the first time in my life that I was like, oh, right. Other languages would have different keyboards. <laughs> and now I'm so used to the Swedish one that if I go to visit in the U.S. and I use an American one, I mess up where the Swedish letters would be. I keep hitting the wrong things. Oh, yes, we were doing um, focusing on different towns in Sweden. And I know, Hua, that you went up north for the holidays. So I was I was hoping maybe you could tell us a little bit about where you went and what you did there, how it was. So um, I went to Luleå during Christmas. It's mm-hmm. where my boyfriend is from. It's a city high up in, in on the northeast coast of Sweden. It's on the edge of Arctic Circle. <laughs> and um, we drove up there for like 11 hours because of the COVID situation. We wanted to avoid like taking public transportation. Otherwise, you can get there in one, one and a half hour was planned. A part of the city near the harbor is a steel industry area. So there are many factories situated in the harbor has to keep itself from frozen. So they have this gigantic icebreaker ships stopping along the coast. And they're named after these um, northern gods, like Odin and Frey. <laughs> it's pretty intimidating when an icebreaker ship with a god's name comes at you. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And there's also this, um, we went to this Gammelstad church town, which is a UNESCO heritage site. It's oh. a cozy town with um, this traditional falu red painted house. Yeah, the, the color paint they make in Falun, I think. Yeah. And um, we also, uh, it was like not so cold this winter. It was like minus 10 to 15 degrees Celsius. And uh, for me, it's super cold since I'm from the tropical. But for the locals, it's quite a warm winter for them. Um, And my boyfriend's dad felt so sorry that I couldn't get to experience the real (laughs) northern temperature. 
So there was one day he got the delivery job to um, a walk-in freezer where they store salmons and octopus. And he sneaked us in for, um, for me to feel the standard winter temperature. It was like <laughs> minus 25. <laughs> that was worse than in, in Taiwan, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it was in extremes. And like a fun fact is that Facebook has its world biggest data center. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, it's interesting to see because they have um, the cheapest electricity in the whole Europe and they benefit from this year-round uh, free air cooling. They don't have to pay for air con. I guess that's a plus. And then, yeah, around here you don't have to pay for the heating. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe more companies will go up there. Yeah, maybe. And there's also this... Um, the, a world's first shopping mall called Shopping up in Julio. They're always to the point, aren't they? Let's just call it shopping. Oh, electric store? Let's call it on-off. Food store? We'll call it consume. <laughs> okay, so first shopping mall called Shopping. Yeah, it's in Julio because of the, um, the harsh um, climate there. They decided that there should be a place for people to hang out or shop in the winter. That makes sense, yeah. But 11 hours drive, did you stop anywhere in between, stay overnight? Yeah, we were so paranoid about this virus, so we just prepared everything. We prepared like two mills on uh-huh. the road, and we just stopped at um, gas station. Wow. Like gas station? Oh, so you, you didn't go by dog sled? I thought you took a dog, <laughs> dog sled on the way there. <laughs> No, that would take like maybe three days. But it's actually not that bad if you're not the person driving. So you didn't drive at all? It was I didn't drive at all. Yeah. Wow. I would probably fall asleep after four hours. And we just packed a lot of energy drinks with us. But it's nice to see the view. Oh, yeah, that must have been beautiful. On the road, we were so um, paranoid of like bumping into moose or reindeer. Mm-hmm. Because they just jumped out from somewhere outside on the street. Yeah, and uh, they're extremely dangerous, uh, especially if you, you have a wreck with a moose. But did you see any reindeer just wandering around? Yeah, we saw many. Not on the road, but yeah, um, beside the roads. Oh, how nice. Yeah, they're adorable. <laughs> My boyfriend doesn't think like that. He's just so paranoid. Well, I but think. eating them, maybe maybe he likes eating them. Ah, I actually tried it once, eating them. His grandma sent him this um, reindeer meat on his birthday. Mm-hmm. We just received a pack of reindeer meat in the post um, mailbox as his birthday <laughs> present. Yeah, it was so adorable. What did you think? I was very surprised. You mean the meat itself? Yeah. It tastes um, it tastes a bit strong, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's a flavor that I have never tried. And it's a little bit like lamb. I think that's a good comparison. It's supposed to be a, a leaner meat, I think. There's not much fat on it. We have it every once in a while. I always feel bad having it in December, though. It just seems wrong. And I make it and I... like Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, I, I put a little cherry on top and just, you know, put it on one of the kids' plates and see if anybody says anything. <laughs> well, I don't want to keep you too long because I know it's close to dinner time. That's always our problem with this podcast is recording before dinner. But thank you so much for being on. And you're our first guest from Taiwan. 
<laughs> with where Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. And go have a nice dinner, whether it's reindeer or whatever. Pizza. Maybe pizza, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Swedish pizza. Mm.